Welcome back to the Second String Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the fantasy football know-it-all. I can be found on Twitter at FFKnowItAll. And with everything going on nowadays with the COVID virus, I hope this uh, podcast finds you all healthy and well um, during the uh, era of social isolation. Um, I'm sure I speak for everybody <laughs> when I say that, uh, thank God there's football. I mean, all the uh, all the other sports, of course, were shut down, and it was looking pretty bleak. And then, bam! All of a sudden, we were hit with this flurry of uh, of NFL activity with the onset of free agency. And honestly, it was it was what I needed to bring me out of my uh, my doldrums. So, I hope you're all doing well. I hope uh, everybody is is practicing, um, you know, the safe distancing and the isolation wherever need be and let's just hope and pray that we can get through this and back to normal as soon as possible so um, I certainly don't want to downplay the pandemic but uh, I say let's talk a little football Um, and there's no better place to start actually than at the top and of course that means the goat himself with Tom Brady signing a two-year 50 million dollar deal with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and me being here in Charlotte it's been uh, there's been a lot to talk about uh, from whether or not he still has uh, enough in the tank to most people wanting to see him fail as he's a hugely unpopular um player and with with success comes that and of course the cheating and other things but we're we're not really going to get into all of that um how does this work from a fantasy perspective well godwin and evans um i think both lose a little value here believe it or not as brady rarely throws downfield now possibly uh, Godwin, if he works out of the slot, could get a little bit more activity there. But Brady has shown time and time again that he he favors tight ends. So I think you're going to actually see the tight ends make a bigger impact. And we'll get into that a little bit uh, more um, now with O.J. Howard becoming a hugely interesting fantasy option just on his pure athletic talent alone. Um, obviously, Cameron Brate is in the mix too. Brady has shown in the past his ability to balance two tight ends in what he does he is a dinker and a dunker regardless of whether or not he's the greatest to ever play the game i'm not debating that but he's not a downfield passer he really never was and as he gets older he does it less and less so um i i definitely like howard a little bit more than than cameron Brait, but i like them both now how is this going to affect the running backs okay well Right now, I'm leaning toward uh, Ronald Jones, but I'm not ruling out the addition of somebody else in free agency as well. Um, I I don't really like Peyton Barber. I never have. Um, He's just a guy. Not that Ronald Jones is is the next coming of Walter Peyton by any stretch, but I think of the talent level, uh, Rojo will get the majority of the work if they don't get anybody in there. But as Brady has shown... A guy can come out of the woodwork um, that we don't even know about. Um, Whether it is going to be a free agent signing like Deion Lewis. Um, Either way, um, I I definitely feel that there's going to be a running back emerge, possibly one that we don't even know about yet, that will have a a PPR uh, presence. Um, James White type is really what I'm trying to say there. Um, Overall, I don't expect Brady to win anybody any fantasy football titles this season, but if you wait at QB, I think you could do a lot worse than Tom Brady. 
Um, he definitely won't kill your team. All right, well, let's move to Indianapolis, where Philip Rivers is now a cult. I've gone back and forth on whether or not I think this is a, an upgrade. Um, Brissett didn't do such a bad job last year, and I think he gave you the element of running the ball, which is not something that Rivers is going to bring to the table. Um, there's a really good chance that Rivers is just finished and done, and we've seen the best of him. He was a, a fringe Hall of Famer for sure, and one of my favorite targets uh, for the past five, six years in fantasy. I won a few titles with Philip Rivers, and um, you know it's it's you getting know, to it's, the point though. It's getting to the point though where I wonder what he really has left in the tank. Um, not to mention that I'm not sold on the fact that the Colts have better weapons. Uh, at their disposal than what he had in LA. So now you got to throw into the equation that it puts Rivers at the bottom end of the QB streaming pool. So I'm not going to even be looking to draft him, and I may not start him week in and week out. I'd have to see exactly how they're going to uh, manage this offense with Phillip Rivers behind center. Um, fantasy impact for other players. I I like Jack Doyle. Uh, you know, Eric Ebron's gone. I don't know about those other tight ends there. Mo Ali Cox uh, gets some love, but I, I need to see it on a more consistent basis. He favors one tight end, not usually two or three. So Jack Doyle is a huge bump for me here. And T.Y. Hilton, I think, gets the biggest bump out of anybody on the uh, on the team. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is not as big of a downfield person as he is a possession receiver out of the slot or even on the end um, he's gonna occupy in my mind anyway the Keenan Allen role which is perfect Rivers loves to dump the ball so T.Y. Hilton can have double digit catches in every game or at least a chance to have that and in a PPR situation all that has to happen in that is one of those for a touchdown 11 catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown, and you're talking 26 fantasy points. Uh, you could sign me up for that. I, I'm going to keep my eye on T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he might be a guy that I would gamble on to fill the Keenan Allen role and maybe a wide receiver two that can have wide receiver one um, type breakout uh, potential on your team. So keep your eye on that. Uh, I, I really do like Hilton. Um, and now on to the hometown Carolina Panthers. Well... Uh, I know that my former partner is uh, not very happy with the fact that Cam Newton is no longer a member of the uh, of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I know he's not really happy with a lot of the moves they're making, but Donnie, um, Teddy Bridgewater, you, you could have done worse. Um, he's definitely not the worst guy in town that you guys could have picked up. Um, I think he's interesting. In fact, he, he proved he could win with, with New Orleans last year. Um, and before Kyle Allen got hurt in Carolina, the Panthers were playing pretty good ball, and they were poised to make a wild card run. So Bridgewater's a better option than than, uh, than Kyle Allen. So with the bevy of weapons on offense, and they just added another one today, which we'll get into later on, I really do think that Carolina could sneak up on some people this year. Um, from a fantasy perspective, DJ Moore... 
even with the addition of Robbie Anderson that we'll talk about later on, I think DJ Moore has a chance to really emerge as one of the best wideouts in the game. Um, as far as from a, 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 the fantasy standpoint, I think that transcends that as well, being as he will work out of the slot more with Anderson pulling the offense on the uh, uh, pulling the offense to uh, to the, being the deep threat. So look for Moore to be a possession receiver with. Uh, star potential. Um, I would target him in almost every draft, depending on where he falls. Um, where I think there is a drop off is between Moore and Curtis Samuel. While a lot of people are Curtis Samuel truthers, I was never one. I was never on that bandwagon. And with the addition of Anderson, I think it effectively makes him a non, really just a non-factor. So. Uh, fringe wide receiver three four at best he's overvalued in my opinion so um, as far as the receivers go Moore and Anderson uh, I think will do just fine with Teddy Bridgewater under center Um, we don't really have to talk about uh, Christian McCaffrey do we well I mean if we do he's going to continue to be the most valuable player in all of fantasy I don't see where that drops off if he holds out that's a whole other story Assuming he plays, assuming he plays all 16 games, you can sign that. Uh, that's a number one draft pick well spent. So I'm kind of excited about the Carolina Panthers, uh, believe it or not. I think it's an upgrade at this point in Cam Newton's career. So we will see. Um, the Chicago Bears are already done with the uh, Mitchell Trubisky experiment, which for what it was, it, it didn't really go far it sputtered out of control and even though they finished eight and eight last year he didn't look good um nick Foles um will once again try to recapture that philadelphia magic um the bears trading for him um with the jaguars so they uh they add the super bowl mvp to improve or at least hope to um give the packers a run for their money in that division um it, and the minnesota vikings too i don't I don't really want to – we'll get more into that as I do some more podcasts, but I think the Minnesota Vikings take a huge step back. We'll get more into that later. But uh, as far as the Bears go, this is great news for one of the most talented wide receivers, in my opinion, in the NFL – and that is Allen Robinson. Robinson is money. When he's on the field and healthy – he can catch just about anything. He is super fast, great hands. This is the best quarterback he's played with in his career. Not that that's, you know, saying a lot considering he played with Blake Bortles and then, you know, of course, um, the immortal, uh, aforementioned Mitch Trubisky. Um, now, how will this affect the newly signed Jimmy Graham, uh, who will be playing tight end for the Bears? I'll get into that one a little bit later. Um, as for the other weapons on this team, um, I, I, I do believe that um, whoever's catching passes uh, out of the backfield will do well. And I do think that Taylor Gabriel, if he does in fact um, maintain that second role there, or if it's Anthony Miller, whoever it is, will will be relevant on a, on a, on a spotty basis. So fringe wide receiver two slash three for those guys. Um, now let's move on to running backs. Um, really interesting developments, actually. So we'll start with Todd Gurley. I, I really have to because I don't think he could have found a better landing spot than with the Atlanta Falcons. 
part of an offense that includes Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matty Ice himself, um, even Devontae Freeman with the issues that he had staying on the field put up good numbers, especially in the passing game. I really do think this is a chance for Gurley to regain that that, uh, three-down roll that really gave him his two years of dominance. I I know for a fact that from everything coming out of Atlanta, um, that they want to win now. Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. Julio Jones isn't getting any younger. So this is it. I think they're all in. The defense is going to be hopefully healthy and more improved. They played very well down the stretch when they won uh, four out of five games to end the season. So um, I expect Calvin Ridley to take a step forward. So this is going to be a well-oiled machine. I, I like Atlanta actually as a dark horse to win the uh, NFC South. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. But as far from a, a standpoint of um, a fantasy, I think Gurley's a locked and loaded second round uh, pick with with a chance uh, at top five upside. Melvin in my Gordon opinion, will now be so the primary ball carrier for the Denver right Broncos. There. Now, on the surface, that doesn't even sound right to say, um, but take the division rival out of it. This is not really a bad thing as I think Melvin Gordon was seeing his workhorse three down back days behind him with the emergence of Austin Eckler. I don't think that the Chargers would have done that even if he stayed there. So he moves into a Broncos offense that already has the uh, Austin Eckler uh, light version in, in Philip Lindsay. So I think that all he does is replace Royce Freeman, who was spotty and slow, quite honest. So I think that they can both coexist here. Um, I like Gordon in in this offense. Whether or not uh, Drew Locke will be able to have some success here it remains to be seen. But I think that if you grab Gordon in the second or third round, go with it run with it grab a couple of receivers early and then take melvin gordon i don't think he'll hurt you all that much he's going to get you some touchdowns he's going to get you the red zone looks he may get something out of the passing game he's going to be more the thunder uh to the lightning of philip Lindsay, in my opinion um now the third running back i really want to discuss here and this intrigues me uh, maybe more than most people i don't know and that's david johnson uh acquired in a trade with the uh texans for uh deandre hopkins who we'll talk about immediately after this actually um most people are poo-pooing this trade they don't like it they they think it they think he's washed up i am not so sure he was on i don't know I am not so sure. He was a must-start when he was healthy last year. He did get hurt. He came back, was ineffective, but in one or two carries, and that's about it. And then he was completely removed from the games and, and was a healthy scratch down the stretch. I think he's got a lot in the tank. I think he's got a lot to prove. So... I really like uh, David Johnson, and if everybody else is going to sweep it under the rug and say he's done um, and, and that kind of thing, I think he can prove to be a huge value if he falls to the third or fourth round. That said, on the flip side of it, this is Bill O'Brien, and Bill O'Brien has been known to uh, botch running back situations. So I don't know. 
Duke Johnson is still there in the mix. Lamar Miller, as of right now, is still on the roster. So anything can happen. But David Johnson is somebody that uh, they're paying his whole contract. So they want him on the team. There's a reason he's there. Maybe, just maybe, Bill O'Brien finally realized that we're not winning the way we're going. They traded their wide receiver, so maybe they're dialing back on the passing and moving forward with a run-heavy offense. We'll see what we'll we'll actually have to wait and see. I am kind of bummed that this kind of muscles out Duke Johnson, but I think we're beyond the point of Duke Johnson ever becoming relevant outside of PPR formats, and even then, just every once in a while. Um, again, love the talent, don't love the opportunity. David Johnson's a guy to keep an eye on. So um, I, I say take a gamble on him in the third or fourth round. I don't know if I would pull the trigger in the second round. I would have to see how training camp was going at that point. So, um, all right, let's move right over to DeAndre Hopkins since they were traded for one another. Now, on the surface, this looks like a great spot for Hopkins, um, who many consider the most elite wide receiver in fantasy. Certainly, uh, there is Michael Thomas might have something to say about that, but Overall, Hopkins has all the skills to be uh, easily the number one wide receiver. Um, Now, I don't agree that this is a great spot for him. Um, It's a crowded wide receiver core. Um, You still have Larry Fitzgerald in the slot. Kenyon Drake catches passes out of the backfield. You still have Christian Kirk, who emerged last year as a really solid uh, young talent. So... Are we going to say that Kyler Murray is going to be this massive passer who uh, lights the world on fire? Listen, I was down on Deshaun Watson, and I still don't think he's he's that great from a football standpoint. Obviously, from fantasy, which is what we're talking about, it, it's great. So it, it's very possible that Kyler Murray gets uh, – him the targets so that he can be the number one or number or top five fantasy wide receiver that he has been. I'm not so sure this is going to happen. So I would dial back expectations here a little bit. Would I still take him in the first round? Yes, but not in the at the high end. I would take him picks eight through 12 kind of thing if everything played out to where I didn't have the, the running back or the wide receiver that I wanted. Give you an example. I would still take Julio Jones over DeAndre Hopkins. So I, it doesn't hurt him. It doesn't help him. It's kind of a wash. Um, now, the addition, I think, helps a lot of other folks. I think it definitely helps Fitzgerald because I think there's going to be a lot of uh, dump-offs to the slot. It easily helps out Kyler Murray because he's getting the most talented wide receiver on the, uh, available, or one of them at least. Um, and Kenyon Drake, I think, is a winner here too because it spreads the field out more. And with the threat of Kyler Murray running dump offs and uh and and running plays to a guy that I feel is one of the most talented running backs in football will lend itself to a a very productive season. So I think it's an overall upgrade for everybody on the uh on on the uh Arizona Cardinals with the exception of Hopkins himself if any if that makes sense. Um on the flip side, I think this definitely impacts um 
Houston in a more negative light. I don't see Will Fuller becoming the next uh, NUK, and I certainly don't see them adding anybody remotely as good as DeAndre Hopkins. So this definitely hurts um, the Houston passing game. So we'll have to see what's going to happen with that moving forward. So, all right, up north now to the Buffalo Bills, who traded what seems like every draft pick they had for Stephon Diggs. Now, their intention, obviously, is to use him as a deep threat. I already love Josh Allen heading into this season. Now I, I like him even more. If healthy, Diggs has the talent to carry that offense. I've never doubted that. I just don't think he can stay healthy. But let's take health out of it. He's now added to a a wide receiver tandem that includes John Brown, who's equally as fast. Um, So you have your two outside threats. You have Cole Beasley in the middle. Um, You definitely have a running back that can catch the football up there as well in Devin Singletary. They're building something great or something good and nice that's potentially great in Buffalo. I like to see them keep it up. Their defense is solid. So from a fantasy standpoint, downgrade John Brown. He might not even be relevant at this point. But um, Cole Beasley will still get the middle looks. Devin Singletary will get his catches out of the backfield. And you will get your your... Uh, long passes to Stefan Diggs. Diggs is a, a solid wide receiver too, uh, maybe more, but I think solid wide receiver too. Uh, and and it, it upticks Josh Allen a little bit more too and gives him that chance, the better chance of a long TD pass each game. Toss in a couple of running TDs, and that's three touchdowns a game for Josh Allen with 50 to 60 rushing yards. He is my guy to go late in drafts If I'm waiting on quarterbacks, Josh Allen is going to be on my list for every team I have coming up. So remember that if it means anything. Now back to the Carolina Panthers. I mentioned Robbie Anderson earlier, and he landed here in Charlotte as their new deep threat. Um, I like him as a talent, but his relevance for fantasy, eh. I'm I'm not sold. Um, You'll get the occasional TD, the bomb, like I said earlier, but um, there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And I think that CMC at this point um, will get most of those looks. I do think uh, Moore, DJ Moore, is too talented not to. And I don't see Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball like a West Coast offense. So uh, we'll see. But Robbie Anderson, wide receiver three. Um, I don't, I I hope the hype kind of brings him into the mix so that I can bypass him and and take somebody else in my drafts, but I'm not, I'm staying away from Robbie Anderson, especially at the price I think he's going to go at. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is now a New Orleans Saint. Um, he will occupy the slot for Drew Brees and company. So, um, I think that this makes the, uh, the, the, the entire team better, um, from the fantasy perspective breeze obviously is back and raring to go michael thomas for my money the best wide receiver in the game right now fantasy or reality so um i think this spreads the offense out even more i think thomas has the ability to emerge as even a better option as he was before he could be the number one uh player in fantasy uh depending on the way that they style this offense um the running backs, uh, Kamara will still catch his passes. He may not catch as many. So Alvin Kamara is somebody that 
last year creeped into the top five. Now we're not even talking about him as a first-round pick. I'm thinking Alvin Kamara might be somebody on the decline and a really fast decline. So keep that in mind, you guys. If you're looking for Alvin Kamara two years ago, you're not going to find it. Not in an offense that has Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. Uh, Michael Thomas gobbling up uh, stuff and and uh, gobbling up uh, targets and and who knows who else. Um, you know, obviously you have Jared Cook as the tight end who who had a really really good year. So I really don't think that you're going to see too much out of that. So keep that in mind if you're looking at guys. Uh, I would go if I was looking to pick a running back. I would I would go. Latavius Murray before I would go Alvin Kamara um just that sounds crazy and it's a hot take I'm going with it Murray over Kamara all right let's move on before I uh before I yell at myself for that take um Jimmy Graham is now the primary uh, tight end in Chicago, which I, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious what Chicago's doing, honestly. They, two years ago, there was all this buzz about Trey Burton. He was coming in. He was going to be the Travis Kelsey in Matt Nagy's offense. This, he was going to be this. He was going to be that. And I like Trey Burton. I like him a lot. Yeah, he got hurt, but they weren't using him right anyway. Now they bring in a guy that is arguably at the end of his career. He certainly doesn't have the speed Trey Burton has. And while he can still catch and still play and when he was younger uh, and and healthier he was one of the best in the game i mean he had numbers that were better than gronk uh for a year or two there um but yeah i'm just not buying it uh this i don't think it hurts anybody on the bears i think it might even help allen robinson a little bit because they will focus on him uh, at least at first but yeah, I'm just passing on Jimmy Graham altogether. Uh, you guys can have him. And uh, the last guy I want to talk about is another tight end. I don't really want to talk about him, but I guess I have to, and that's Eric Ebron. Uh, Steelers, my team, signing him to a two-year deal. Well, it's not big news by any stretch. Roethlisberger is going to be or should be back at full strength, and he always does favor the tight ends, especially in the red zone. Um, so... He will get you a, t a touchdown here and there, but he's not going to be a target hog. He never was. Uh, he's not the best. Uh, he doesn't have the best hands. So, and and there is Vance McDonald there, who is, I think, more athletic or as athletic, and with better hands. So, he might be a guy that you can get away with drafting late if you just wait completely and punt tight end and get it later on. You could do worse, but. He isn't somebody I'm targeting, but I did want to talk about him just because he was added. So um, that basically wraps up the move so far, um, at least the ones that I feel impacted the teams the most. And uh, I do want to uh, I do want to mention that uh, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston still have yet to be signed, and uh, we will um, we will discuss uh, hopefully where they've landed, or at least where Cam Newton has landed when I do my next uh, podcast, which I'm gunning for this weekend. So we'll see how that goes. I want to get more shows out um, in the oncoming weeks to build up toward the draft and beyond the draft and into training camp. And of course, we have to keep our eye on COVID and how that um, affects things. But assuming that things will 
get back to normal and we will have football in the usual time frame. I um, I want to have two or three shows going by the time training camp opens, and I want to be more of a presence moving forward. So this isn't something where I'm going to do it sporadically. Last year, I had a few deaths in the family, so I had to kind of put a halt on it. But um, I plan on coming back, being better than ever. So please reach out to me on Twitter. Like I said, you can find me at FFKnowItAll. Um, I will, in the oncoming weeks, provide an email address for you guys to contact me as well. Let me know what I can do to make the show better, more informative. Um, I want to have guests on eventually, too. And I will be starting a blog. I'll show you guys or I'll give you guys the IRL to that um, in the oncoming weeks as well. So, again, welcome back. Thank you so much for your, your patience, your support, and um, and enabling me to do this. So, um, I shout out to all of you. Um, but I do want to give a special shout out because I said I would and I promised I would to the winner of our home league. And that is Chris Mad Dog Henderson. I made up the Mad Dog. We don't call him that, but Chris, you deserved it, man. You had one hell of a team. That team kicked ass from beginning to end. I think he averaged some crazy number by 170 points. So um, shout out to you, my man. Hopefully we'll get you on if you're interested and you can uh, give some analysis at some point. But um, for now, um, I'm going to go ahead and take off. But you guys keep doing what you're doing. Be safe out there. Uh, practice your social distancing like I said and we'll get through this together so until next time you guys take care and please continue to dominate whatever you do